Like he understood my I don't wanna be here face. I didn't bow my head, not one single prayer, but he just shook my hand, said I'm glad you're here. He says we'll all be judged, but he was never judgmental. And even though my songs, they don't belong in no hymnal. He quote me my lyrics, slapped me on the back, said, Man, you got a gift. How you write like that? Yeah, I know. It sounds cool, right? Not your typical kid from Sunday school, right? I still ain't figured out church yet. But Craig. I get so now he can't walk on water or turn a nap valley red but he just might be tight with a man that did now he ain't the light of the world but I wish him I was bright as day yeah he just might be tight with a man that Deal, y'all, the perks fade fast. Dealership said we're gonna need to get that minivan back. So we were down in one car and broke as I felt. Had my wife and six kids and only five seatbelts. I needed help, but I couldn't admit I was struggling. I said, Craig, it's all good, but he knew it all wasn't. I, hey, man, I'm praying for you. Would have been sufficient, but nah. He took roadside assistance to a whole nother level to sacrificial heights. Showed up at the ballpark after my son's game one night in two cars with his wife, Laura, watching from the other. So what in the world are y'all doing here, brother? He just laughed beside that old Chrysler town and country van with the keys and the title and a pen in his hand. Said, man, all you gotta do is sign on this, y'all. So I said, nah, no way. But he wouldn't take nah for an answer. He said, please, dude, somebody did this for me once. Just let me do this for you. We argued about it for a little while. Then I teared up and Craig smiled. Said, nah, he can't walk on water or turn a nap around. Just might be tight with a man that did. Now he ain't the light of the world, but I wish him I was bright as day. Yeah, he just might be tight with a man that did.
sounds cool, right? Not your typical kid from Sunday school, right? I still ain't figured out church yet. But Craig, I get. So now he can't walk on water. But turning out the Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from always my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow. Let me down. You're never gonna. 
seated and good morning to each and every one of you again today right moms grandmas aunts sisters daughters women you know when you display the love of God we are blessed beyond measure so thank you and may God bless you as you are a blessing to so many I want to welcome everyone especially our guests we're glad you're with us in worship we invite you to come on back but before you leave today, we'd like to get to know you. Several different ways to do that. You know, one, you could stop at Next Steps, which is in the family gathering area. Uh, if I can have the digital bulletin up there, you could take out your phone, get your camera out. You can scan that. You can kind of make your way through there. Um, and also, if you're here today and you're like, well, you know, I want to know what's going on, you know, uh, that'll help you. And we have a hard copy of, of that as well outside of the doors. But you can find sermon notes, you can submit prayers, you can find out about things that are going on in the life of the church. Uh, that's just one way of doing it. Uh, if you're sitting here and if you look in the chair back in front of you, this will tell you about some of the things that will happen in the service. Like I mentioned, prayers. If you'd like to submit a prayer, this will walk you through how to do that so we can have those prayers for this service. If you're here today and you'd like to take communion, this will talk about what we believe as a church and how do you take communion? So this will help you with that. So uh, other than that, a couple other announcements that are going on. Uh, we have a fundraiser for our young people as they get ready to go to Houston for a youth gathering. Um, I've been to several of those gatherings, and they are life-changing. They are spiritually stirring. So would you please pray for our young people as they get ready to embark in a couple months? But you can also help support them financially as you eat. And you'll see that, and that'll be actually on the app as well. You can see what's going on with the digital bulletin. But we have some other fundraiser events that are coming up that you can uh, support our young people with. So we would appreciate that. Also, uh, June 12th, we have Sidewalk Profits coming again. If you were part of it last time, we filled this uh, entire room with people praising the Lord in such a profound way. Uh, they are so good at presenting Jesus. And so if you'd like to be a part of that and come, go to our website. It'll walk you through where to get tickets and how to be a part of that. And then last but not least, again, all of us, every one of us have been blessed by God with one blessing on top of another. And one thing that God loves is when people like you and me say thank you for those blessings. And we did it just a moment ago as we sang to our Lord. That's one way to say thank you. When we pray, that's another way. When we serve, that's another way. When we give up our tithes and offerings, that's another way. And so in just a moment, the joy baskets will be passed. And uh, as the Lord moves you, please, you know, consider how can you say thank you to the Lord for all he's done. And in preparation of that, let me lift all of us up in prayer. Oh, good and gracious God, giver of every good and perfect gift, we say thank you for the greatest gift of all, your son, and for all that he's done for us so we can have salvation. But Lord, your blessings do not end there. They, they come in so many ways. The breath we just took, 
uh, the freedoms that we have to worship you in our country. And then, Lord, all the blessings as you put food on our table and uh, you give us all the other blessings. So, Lord, may we take a moment now to consider how can we say thank you? How can we respond with thankful hearts to who you are and what you've done? So thank you, Lord. Lead and guide us as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
not recognize me now. Those chains that once surrounded me are laying on the ground. I can't keep digging up my past. You may have had a life or two, but you don't get the last. You might not recognize me now. Maybe I was blind, but now I see. Maybe I was bound, but now I'm free. Maybe you need reminding you're under my feet. Maybe you're alive that I don't need. Maybe you should listen when I speak. Maybe you need reminding you're under my feet. If you want scars, I'll show you scars. All the world's upon. As we continue now with the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, I uh, want to give all of us an opportunity to boldly profess some very important truths. Number one, yes, we're sinners, but number two, because of Jesus and what he did 2,000 years ago, we can have forgiveness and we can have life with him. And so we're going to profess that and then, uh, then go right into communion. So if I can have that up there on the screen, and if you would join me as we profess what we believe. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, 
Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament. And under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. And again, may God grant us such a faith, not only to believe this, but then live that out in our life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with Holy Communion for the distribution, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free during the next song to receive those elements believing Jesus is present and he gives you forgiveness of sins. And if you're coming forward for continuous communion, feel free to do so during the song. And uh, if you desire to have either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. And now may God grant us the faith to believe and to receive that these are God's gifts for all of God's people. Amen. It's a great big place, and I'm so small. Why can't I just stay here with you? Did I make you mad? Don't you want me to? God said, oh child, well, of course I do. But there's somebody special.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we bring our prayers spoken and in our hearts to you this morning from our 1C family. Prayers for my brother-in-law, Marlon's heart surgery to go well to keep watch over Bobby and John as they continue their battle with cancer. Father God, give Nancy strength, energy, and health to travel this week. Watch over and protect Nancy and Jim, blessing them and granting them safety. God, we thank you for the blessing that mom is in our lives and for the blessings you pour out to her. Prayers for my granddaughter who is going through a a rough time that therapy may help her and for my blood clots that they may disappear so that I may be able to continue my social work prayers of strength for my good friend as she continues her chemo give her the strength she needs and be with her through treatments happy Mother's Day to my wonderful mom Elise we are so blessed to have you Thank you for everything you do for us. For our nation, our veterans, our troops who are deployed. For all of, and prayers for all of us blessed mothers, those who can't be with their kids. Dear Jesus, I want to pray for healing, strength, and comfort during this second loss of a baby. We don't understand why it's happening, just knowing you have already wrote our book and will give life abundantly more than we can ask or think gives us hope prayers for Jen who has a decision to make may you help her to make the right decision and that may your glory shine through the process for Rose and Richard's safe travels back to Columbus from Arizona Lord we pray for their safety back home with family gracious God Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for your promise to never leave us during our times of trials and sufferings. You are a good father. And we especially lift up all our earthly and heavenly mothers on this special day. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Boys and girls, it's time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Amen. Come on up front. Find a seat on the floor nice and close. We might have a special guest today. Any guesses on who that special guest might be? George. George, you think it's George? It, George is here. Let's see. Where is George? George, you going to come on out? Hi, George. Hi. Hi, Mr. Greg. Hi. Hi there, George. Well, it's really good to see you. You know, it, it's been a while since we've seen you, George. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's Mother's Day, so I uh, thought good day to come back. Yeah, that's right. Today's Mother's Day, so happy yeah. Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah. You are truly a blessing from God, so we want to thank him for you and wish you a happy Mother's Day. Yeah. But, George... What's wrong? You don't quite seem yourself today. Usually you're really excited to come to church. And, yeah, I know. you know, why has it been so long since we've seen you? Well, Mr. Greg, I think I'm, okay, I think I just need to tell you something, okay? Well, sure. What is it, George? You can tell well, us. once I tell you, you might not like me the same. Oh, I doubt that, George. Well, I, I did something. You did. I did something bad, Mr. Greg. Well, what'd you do, George? Well, maybe maybe the friends at church and the kids won't like me anymore if I tell them what I did, Mr. Greg. Oh, I think they'll still like you. Yeah, see? Uh, we'll still love friend. you. <sighs> okay, I will try. Oh, you see, Mr. Greg? I've got this really bad feeling in my stomach and in my head and in my brain. There's a giant tornado just exploding because I'm keeping a secret. Whoa, you're really worked up, George. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Greg. You see, a couple of months ago, my mom and I, we went to the grocery store. And, Mr. Greg, I was being very good. Well, good. I was, Mr. Greg. You see, I was so hungry. And yeah. George went to eat lots of snacks. Okay. But every time I ask my mom, can I have that snack? Of course, she said no today. Yeah. So that does not make George less hungry. No, no, that doesn't take your hunger away, does it? And so mom was around the corner and, well, I saw this banana. Yeah. Banana was glowing and literally crying, eat me, George. It was? You heard it say that? Well, that might have been my imagination, but I was very hungry. Yeah. And, Mr. Greg. What, George? I, I, I ate the banana. You ate the banana? I didn't even pay for it. Without paying for it? No. Right there in the store? I did. I threw banana peel in corners so no one see, and oh. I didn't even tell my mom and Mr. Greg. Then I feel so bad, so not so bad inside that I think 
I cannot come to church anymore. Oh, George. And so on Sunday mornings, what happens is I just say my stomach hurts so I don't have to come to church. Okay. Because I feel bad, Mr. Greg, that my mom, if she finds out, she will not love me the same. And then friends not like me the same. And then if maybe God not like me the same. So now I feel bad. I eat banana. I'd not pay for banana. And now I have not been to church in like two months, Mr. Greg. I just... <sighs> so that's why you've been staying away. Uh, yeah, did you hear that? We still love you, George. Yeah, right, boys and girls? We still love George. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't a good thing to do, but we still love you. And you know what? God loves you, George. And that's actually what we're talking about today. God is loving. So let me me read Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. That's right. You got it. I'm smart. You are. Okay. All right. So here's what it says. Okay. It says, the Lord himself goes Mm -hmm. before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So you see, George, God loves you no matter what. And he will never leave your side. And we don't need to be afraid to see God, to go to God, to be with God, or discouraged. Because he loves us and he forgives us. And he's always with us. See, I... I tried to ask God to forgive me, but I felt like it wasn't enough. So I asked him like 47,000 times and still feel bad. Yeah. You mean he, he forgave me the first time? He did. He forgave you the first time. That's right. You said God was with me all the time. Like even when, even when I um, ate the banana. That's right. Yeah. Even when I did not come to church, Mr. Greg, I was, I was not at church. So maybe I was far from God then. No, you weren't far from God. He was with you the whole time. Yep, because he loves you so much that he won't leave you. Even when we do things that God doesn't like, or even when we do things that we think will make God not love us, yeah. he still loves us. Ooh. And we don't want to run from God, but we want to come to God. Like you said, you, you ask for forgiveness, right? You confess your sin to, to God. Yeah, Lord. You're forgiven. You don't have to do it 47,000 times. Whoa. Whoa, Mr. Mr. Greg, yeah, kids, George. this very good news. Now, maybe George can come back more often because I don't feel so bad. Well, I hope so because we really missed you, George. Oh, you guys are so sweet. You know, Mr. Greg, this good news for you too because um, you look like a guy who's maybe done some stuff. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I think we probably I all I feel like maybe you should things. tell us about a time when you did something naughty. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, start from the beginning. Go. From the beginning? I wouldn't know where to start, George. The I... beginning. In the <laughs> beginning was Greg. He did something naughty right there. Start there. I don't know. We maybe don't maybe have... you can make a list. We'll have to come back to that, George. I don't think we have time for that list. I will not let you forget. Oh, I'm sure you won't. I will remind you every day. Uh, great. I will figure out how to text. It will be hard. Yeah. You but should I ha- will do it. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, you know what? What do you say we pray and we thank, thank God for his love? Great idea. All right. So let's, boys and girls, we'll fold our hands and bow our heads. Uh, Mr. Greg, would you please yeah, hold my hand? Sure. Thank you. Wait. Hold on. Okay. There we go. Nice. Good job. High five. Oh, there we go. 
Alright. Phase five, that kind of hurt. Phase five. I like it. Let's go. All right, let's pray. Boys and girls, you can repeat after me. All right, let's pray. Okay. Lord God. Lord God. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for loving us so much. Even when we feel like we don't deserve it. Even when we feel like we don't deserve it. Thank you for our moms. Thank you for moms. And for loving us the way you do. And for loving us the way you do. Amen. Amen. Whew. You All know, right. Mr. Greg, you hit me in my only eye on that high five. Uh-oh. You gotta be careful, you know. Yeah, hey. I'm down to one. Well, yeah, you better watch that. You need to. Hey, let's go work on that list, yeah? Sure. We'll Kids, go work I on that show list. You everything. All right, you guys can head back to your seats, all right? Okay. We'll... Yeah, let's go. All right, as the kids make their way back, just again, you could look on the what we call the environmental walls. Uh, that is the theme that we have been embarking upon for the last, this is now the third week. And remember, I said that every week I'm going to give you this little phrase. I want you to really learn what this means because I really believe it's true. And here's how it goes. How we view God will dramatically affect how we live our life. And I'm going to say it again. I want you to let it sink in. How we view God, in other words, what we think about God, will dramatically affect how we live our life. An example would be the first week we talked about God being merciful, and I do believe this wholeheartedly. The more convinced we are about how God is merciful to you and me, that we really deserve death and separation from ever, but God decided not to give us that, and instead he gave us forgiveness. When we start remembering that and we view God in such a way, it's going to affect how we interact with other people. But I'll just tell you this. I know in my life, when I forget about how God is merciful to me, it's easy for me not to be as merciful for other people. We also talked about God being trustworthy. We can lean on him like nobody else. He is always faithful. He is always trustworthy or worthy of our trust. And then this week, we talk about the idea that God is love. And perhaps the Bible verse that comes to mind when we think about God is love is that of John 3.16. We see it. We read it. Maybe if you even watch a sporting event, you'll see somebody holding up a John 3.16 sign. And it is a very important message. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, this is the remarkable part of who God is. He loves us who are really unworthy of being loved. The truth is, according to sin, your sin, my sin, we are not worthy of anything. But God decides to love us because of who he is, not because of who we are. And you need to understand that because I think that is a, a tension point. In fact, it's one of the reasons why in my high school year and my career, I call it, because it was a career, is um, I didn't think I was worthy to be loved. I don't think I was able to be loved because of how bad I was. I was ornery. I was brash. 
I was always looking for some kind of fight. Um, you know, now that we're in, quote, the baseball season, it brings back memories when I remember going to a Milwaukee Brewers game at County Stadium in Milwaukee, and I'll be sitting over in the right bleacher section, and I'm with all my friends, and then over in the left bleachers, I see a fight going on. What do you think I did? I went all the way around, went up like three rows, jumped in, and started swinging. I was bad. I'm not going to tell you all my stories, but by the grace of God, I lived through my high school years. And I do believe that I was buying into the wrong concept of what love is. In fact, it brought me down this path that said, I don't think God would ever want to love somebody like me. So I'm going to share with you two views of what love is, and hopefully you'll get the picture. All right, the first one is a love that loves because the object is valuable. I don't know if you grew up um, with something like this. Some of you have. Uh, maybe you grew up with some kind of toy or blanket or something that was just, it was yours. In fact, you were so drawn to it and connected to it, maybe you even gave it a name. Some of you know what that looks like. Okay? Um, for me, some of you, like for me, some of you know I want a Polaris slingshot. Okay? I keep bringing it up because someday maybe Kristen will remember. It's valuable to me. I think it would be really kind of cool. I would love a Polaris slingshot. Now, maybe you don't want that. Maybe your love is something different. Maybe there's some item or possession that you think, boy, that would be really cool. Or maybe you just love a good cheeseburger, right? Because it has, quote, some value to you. Or you love a certain team, like Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, there's some value to you. But what about this other kind of love? A love that loves and gives value to the object. Now, what is that? What does that look like? So, example, I have something that, um, I don't know if you can get a close enough view of this. This happens to be a, uh, one of our members, and I'll tell you, it's a young person, very young person, who would carry this around all the time. And um, I asked the mom, could I, could I just use it for illustration? Because I remember seeing this maybe even a year ago, and it's pretty nasty. I mean, there's holes in it. And I'm afraid that if you were to wash this, it would disintegrate. It would, it's that bad. But here's the thing. It's valuable to somebody. Now, maybe you would not spend a penny on this. Even if I put this on, I, I joked about it, I could put it on eBay and say it's the Shroud of Turin because it kind of looks like it's old and tattered. But just think about it. Probably if you knew what this really is, you, you wouldn't buy it. You wouldn't want it. But for this person, this is valuable. Not because of how much it's worth to the world, but how much it's worth to the person. And that's where I want to take you to Romans chapter 5. And this is the spiritual part of the story of God's love. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, in other words, while we were still tattered rags, while we were worth nothing, while we deserved death and separation from God forever, 
while that was still going on, it says here, Christ died for us. And perhaps we could think about it this way. God doesn't love you. He doesn't love me because we're worthy, because we're not. None of us are worthy of his love. But rather, God's love makes you worthy. We come into this world and we're sinners. Sinners at best. And yet God demonstrates his love. He, he does the unthinkable. He sees you and me. And he knows that in order for us to have any kind of value, he needs to put the value on it. He needs to make it worthy. I want to share with you a video clip from the TV series, or um, it's called The Chosen, and maybe some of you have watched it or seen it. Um, I always tell people this. It, it walks you through this, the biblical narrative, right? You'll see the stories of the Bible, and then they just add different aspects to it of what I call very plausible moments. These, could, these really could have happened this way. Well, the backdrop to this one, this comes from Luke chapter 9. And we have Jesus in Samaria, and he is Je Jesus is, is going to be with two of his disciples, James and John. And let's watch the interaction. You Jewish boys are far from home. Yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Shalom to you too. Here's our traditional Jewish greeting for you. Don't lift a finger. That was a warning. Try it again and see what happens. Quiet, Big James. Shalom to you too. You filthy dogs! I said quiet. Let us do something. And what would that achieve? Defending your honor. They reviled and humiliated you. They deserve to have bolts of lightning rain down and incinerate them! Yes! Fire from the heavens! Fire? You said we could do things like that. Say the word and it will happen. Why not? We knew we couldn't trust these people. We shouldn't have come here in the first place. They don't deserve you. Why do you think I had you work Melek's field? What was I trying to teach you? To, to help? You think it was just to be more helpful? Or to be better farmers? It was to show you that what we're doing here will last for generations. What I told Fotina at the well, and what she then told so many others, it's sowing seeds that will have a lasting impact for lifetimes. Can you not see what's happening here? These people that you hate so much are believing in me without even seeing miracles. It's the message, the truth that we're giving them. And you're going to get in the way of that because a few people from a region you don't like were mean to you. That they're not worthy? What, you're so much better? You're more worthy? Well, let me tell you something. You're not. That's the whole point. It's why I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rabbi. As we gather others, I need you to help show the way. To be humble. We will.
you wanted to use the power of God to bring down fire, to burn these people up? Well, it sounds a lot worse when you say it that way. <laughs> you too. You're like a storm on the sea. Thunder exploding out of your chests at every turn. <laughs> In fact, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. James and John, the sons of thunder. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Today, it was not good. But strong passion can be a good thing when channeled for righteousness. I just may have to delay giving you that authority we discussed earlier or in smaller doses. James and John, some of the first followers. And this is, what, this is what their advice was to the circumstance. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked the Lord, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? Now this actually seems to make sense when you think about who these people were at the very beginning of their time with Jesus. We don't know how they got the, the nickname Sons of Thunder. They probably were, we'll just say, not great material when it came to, well, who's Jesus going to pick to be disciples? From the world's standpoint, they would look at them and say, isn't there better people? And we don't know. Were they ruffians? Maybe they were. Uh, were they misfits? Maybe they were. We don't know. But we do know that in the beginning of John's ministry, and that's who I'm going to focus on, John was known as one of the sons of thunder. That sounds like a pretty tough thing. But what happened? What happened in his three and a half years walking with Jesus? Something changed in John's life. Instead of saying, hey, let's call down fire to zap these Samaritans, we find him speaking these words in 1 John 4. He says, God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. What a movement from one of the sons of thunder to somebody whom, well, on three different occasions, we hear John is the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's a whole different description. Something changed in John's life, and I'm going to be so bold as to kind of go out there with it. I think the more time we spend with Jesus, the more Christ-like we become. And the more of a transformation, like for John from Sons of Thunder to the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jim Thielen, from a rough and tumble, I'm ready for a fight kind of guy, to, hey, let's share Jesus. Let's share his love. It's what God wants to do in every one of our lives. And we're no better or worse than John or Jim Thielen. We're all equal when it comes to our sin and its yuckiness. Um, I'd like to invite... 
Lynette to come on up here. Um, she volunteered. I don't know if it was a volunteer or voluntold, but um, I was talking to her on Friday, and I just, you know, we've been talking for the last three years about your journey uh, with Jesus and in Jesus and the things that you've gone through and where God has brought you. So when I asked her if she would be willing to come up on stage today, she said yes right away. She wants to tell the story of what God is doing. So, a little backdrop, maybe talk about your connection to the church and what does it mean to you, and, and then we'll kind of walk through some of the past as well, close as you can. <laughs> it's only by the grace of God and this church that I get to stand here. Um, the church welcomed me when I felt unworthy. You guys taught me that there was a God that loved me no matter what. You put up with all my questions, and I have a lot, because I need to know what this is, and I need to do it right. Um, my childhood was rough. I was adopted at 18 months to a woman who taught me that God was mean, but she was meaner. And that love, all love was conditional, and I wasn't worthy to have any of it. I uh, spent years in a drug addiction, and I ignored, I ignored all of his attempts to get my attention, but he never left me, and he was patient. On August 10th, of 2017, I was attacked, kidnapped, and taken into the country and strangled and beat for several hours. There was a point when I just wanted to die. It hurt, and I wanted it to stop. And I just asked God to let me go. And then there was a voice that said, you cannot give up because he will go after your boys and they won't be able to take half of this beating. And the guy suddenly stopped. Three things happened that day. One, I surrendered. Two, I was made very aware of the fractured and broken trust with my boys. And the third was my daughter came into my hospital room and we hadn't talked for years. She came in and asked me, are you done? Because if you are not done, I take those boys and you never see us again. But if you're done, I will stay and sit with you. And that alone could have been the only thing that happened that day. And that was going to be enough because I got my little girl back. But it wasn't. He gave me blessings. But the biggest blessing he gave me was I had peace. A peace that transcends all understanding. I had to surrender. And it had to take something huge for him to get my attention. And bring me to my knees. So that I get a chance to stand up right here. And tell all of you, just surrender. Whatever you've got going on a drug addiction, whatever, if you surrender 
and seek him for help, it's amazing. I, I can't explain to you all the changes that have happened in my life since that day. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. That part right there, declares, it's meant for me. And I was a horrible, horrible person, but declares for me that he has plans to prosper and not to harm me, a plan to give me hope and a future. That's amazing. I have hope and I am future. I have a God that I do deserve unconditional love, no matter what was told to me growing up. I deserve every good thing, and he gives me that, and he gives me patience and kindness and I'm so lucky to be up here and share some of what I've went through and how it's changed me completely. Let me, let me tell you, we're not giving you a lot of the details. Um, in my three years here, I've heard some stories that I, I can't believe personally. But here's the reality of it. Whatever pit that is there, and no matter how deep it is, and we all have our pit because it's called sin, my sin, your sin, other people's sin, no matter how deep that is, it's never too deep for God to reach in and do. He can reach to the darkest, deepest places, and he could pull us up, and he can give hope. Uh, I, this scripture from Romans chapter 8, I mean, this says it all. This is, says what Lynette says. It's my experience. I think it's John's experience 2,000 years ago that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from what? From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, there seems to be a big chasm, and I don't know where God is, and so many things have now gotten in the way. God will rescue you. He is on this mission for people like Lynette and for everyone here. And he is relentless. He will never, ever give up. Because his love is the only thing that can change us for eternity. You know what? On this Mother's Day... I had the most incredible mom ever. She wasn't perfect. She'd be the first to admit it. But we do have a love that is always perfect. A God who says, I love you forever. So what I'd like to do is have you stand. We're going to pray for Lynette and for all of us to experience this love in such a way that just moves us in a powerful way. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are amazing. You came to this earth to seek and to save the lost. That's what you said you came to do. And Lord, for Lynette, you did just that. You never, ever gave up. And in the darkest and deepest places, you were right there with her, waiting lovingly for that moment when she will surrender to you and to trust her with her very life. And so, Lord, now she is here and she is rejoicing in what you have done and what you will do. You've given her a hope that is nothing like this world. 
And Lord, I pray for all of us here today that we would know this hope, we would grab hold of that hope, and we would live in your love. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God the glory for what he's doing in Lynette's life. God bless.
everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Today is the day you